Char Chat is a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. everybody it's monday february 26 2018 i'm caitlin and i'm tanner and you're listening to chart chat your weekly guide to the past week of pop singles hitting the u.s and uk charts how are you tanner you know those mornings when you oversleep <laughs> well okay that's every morning but this is particularly <laughs> one of those mornings so i'm a little groggy but i'm doing all right how are you well tanner i'm very excited Uh-oh. to announce some listener feedback we got from last week's episode dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, thanks to Steph, she wrote us and mentioned that the mysterious uh, instrumental sound we were wondering about on the Bozzy, Bozzy, we still haven't figured it out, track, uh, is possibly a synth banjo. Hmm. And the more I listen to it, the more I'm convinced of that. Okay. So, thank you, Steph, for writing us. Steph being a grad student in our program who's a couple years ahead of us. Yes. So, she is an avid listener, I hear, and we always value our... Older peers' feedback. Um, I would also like this opportunity to introduce our cold listener. This is the first time we're doing this on our podcast. We have Peter Kelly in the studio this morning, and he wrote our intro theme, if you listen to the end of our episode. I was going to say, that name rings a bell. Yeah, Yeah, just Tanner says it once a week, doesn't think about it Eh. at any other time. Yeah. Um, So he's a composer, and he works for Coronation Media, and he's going to do a cold listen to one of the tracks, and we will make it mysterious so you don't know which. Mm -hmm. All right. Let me talk to you about these UK entries, if I may. Half of our entries this week on the UK side, are from the new Black Panther album. There are 18 entries. So I beg your forgiveness before I start this glut of songs that we have. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) At number 98, we have Bloody Waters by Absol, Anderson Pock, and Blake. At number 90, we have Haters by Fredo featuring Notes. At number 80, we have Paramedic. Tanner, help me out with this one. I'm going to go with S-O-B and R-B-E. Final answer. Okay. You've won a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> number 77, we have Plan for Keeps, and that's by Fredo featuring Esco. At number 73, we have Wish Me Well by Mist featuring Jesse Ware. Number 71, we have Ops by Vince Staples featuring Young and Blackrock. Number 66, we have On It by Mist featuring Nines. At number 62, we have I Am by Georgia Smith. At number 59, we have Capital Letters, Haley Seinfeld, and Blood Pop. At number 55, we have Big Shot, and that's by Kendrick Lamar and Travis Scott. At number 54, we have The Ways by Khaled and Sway Lee, one of my faves, Sway Lee. At number 53, we have King's Dead. It's by J-Rock, Kendrick Lamar, Future, and Blake. At number 48, we have No Ready, No Ready uh, by Calvin Harris, Featuring Party Next Door. At 45, we have X by Schoolboy Q, 2 Chains, and Saudi, and 
number 42, we have Black Panther by Kendrick Lamar. At number 39, I'm running out of breath here, people. We have Wild Love by James Bay. At number 23, we have Look Alive by Blockboy JB featuring Drake. At number 19, this is my last one, we have Friends by Marshmallow and Anne-Marie. How you doing? That was rough. Well, you covered most of the ones I have to say, so uh, and I have fewer, so it's a win-win for me, really. Uh, debuting at number 96, there's I Like Me Better by Love. Debuting at number 91, there's Black Panther by Kendrick Lamar. Debuting at number 72, there's Friends by Marshmello and Anne-Marie. Big Shot debuts at number 71, and that's by Kendrick Lamar and Travis Scott. Debuting at number 67, it's SOB and RBE with Paramedic. Debuting at number 63, it's Khalid and Sway Lee with The Ways. Debuting at number 62, one of the few unique entries here, it's Plug Walk by Rich the Kid. Debuting at number 49, there's X by Schoolboy Q, 2 Chains, and Saudi. And debuting at number 6, you have Look Alive by Blockboy JB featuring Drake. Caitlin, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that some of the songs that you're going to talk about might be from the Black Panther soundtrack. You've guessed right. Yes. I almost didn't want to pick a Black Panther song just because I wanted to let the album marinate and like I haven't seen the film yet. Sure. All of these things. Uh, but I'm going to talk about an artist that we have spoken about on this mm-hmm. podcast before. A little bit of background. Um, I'm sure that listeners probably know all of this about Black Panther already, but it's a Marvel superhero film. It was written and directed by Ryan Coogler, and it brought in... million on its opening weekend. And that's the, I think, fifth highest domestic opening gross ever in the United States and the biggest February opening for a film on record so far. That's awesome. So it has obviously past diasporic kind of themes, also Afrofuturistic themes, and what better artists to tackle both of those things for the album's or the movie's soundtrack, than Kendrick Lamar, right? I can't think of an artist at this point in time that could, I guess, tackle all of that and be featured on literally almost every song. (laughs) It's great. So NPR tells us that Kendrick Lamar is the album's architect. I like this word that they use. Um, And I'm just going to quote from an article they wrote about the film. Much like the film's cast, which features... Actors from Zimbabwe, Kenya, Tobago, South Africa, and the UK, and the US, of course. The soundtrack is pan-African in scope. Lamar went for a collaborative effort that crisscrosses continents, hops genres, and cross-pollinates perspectives. Uh, I think that's a really good kind of encompassing statement about the album. And I want to focus on one of two Brits, as probably listeners expect that's featured on the album the other of course is uh, James Blake who's on a few tracks but the one that I'm talking about is Georgia Smith we talked about her on a Stormzy track and it was outstanding gave us chills if we remember this is very interesting Um, I'm gonna play us a brief clip and we will see what we think Somebody's always gonna say something Try and shoot me down for voicing my own opinion Triggering a part of me that's always been a different And I know that we have 
depending on me Sometimes we ain't meant to be free When you know what you got Sacrifice ain't that high Feel like depending on me Sometimes we ain't meant to be free That was Georgia Smith singing I Am from the Black Panther soundtrack. All right, a couple things jump out to me here. First is the guitar riff. Again, we're having these strange guitar riffs enter in all types of musical genres that we typically don't see them in. For example, um, this album features very heavy hip-hop influences, right, Tanner? And you don't really expect to see a really distorted guitar line on a hip-hop-influenced track. Um, This, as I guess what I can relate it to in my past listening experiences, is really like sad core kind of music and reminds me of Lana Del Rey a lot. And I'm going to play a brief clip of a song called Pretty When You Cry by Lana Del Rey, which also features a similar mm. guitar riff. Really mind. I've got much more than That was Lana Del Rey. Obviously, differences between the tracks. The Lana Del Rey track is a little thinner in instrumentation, um, but we have a lot of similarities in terms of dissonance between instruments and vocals. And I really like this about the Georgia Smith track is that there's this constant kind of clashing between everything in the track. The vocals, the guitar, somehow the drums... Mm. I don't know. I don't understand like how we should ask one of our drummer friends about this because I don't know. It's very cutting that kind of dissonance it creates between all of the other instruments and vocals and vocal harmonies too. So when the song kind of becomes more harmonious towards the end of it, which I didn't play, Kendrick Lamar comes in and this really cool distorted vocal line takes over the track and then it just kind of abruptly ends. It's a very strange song. I don't know how I feel about it in relation to it being in a film. This is something I struggle with. Like Already I'm relating it to some kind of scene from Mm -hmm. a movie, Mm -hmm. and it makes it kind of cheesy for me. Hmm. So if I'm listening, for example, to the Lana Del Rey track, I don't really have anything to put that with, any characters, any kind of film narrative Mm -hmm. but when it is thrown in i don't know i feel like it somehow reduces that set the vibe that it's going for but again i haven't seen the film and taking it out of context (laughs) i don't know i'm just guessing here sure and going off kind of a cold listen it might be a grower (laughs) we'll see i was gonna say i'd withhold any sort of judgment like that before no, seeing yeah. the film and also I think it's worth worth noting that at least my understanding is that not necessarily all of these songs are in the film mm-hmm. I think it's music that is in and also inspired by um, oh. so this might not actually be in the film um, Interesting. of course neither of us can say without having seen it but 
there's also that to keep in mind. Mm. Um, and doubling back to something you were saying earlier about the drums, I think what jumps out to me most about the song and why I think it works so effectively is the drums, particularly the snare, feels like a hair late. Mm-hmm. And so I think it kind of creates this feeling of kind of like trudging along, like it's kind of labored, it's kind yeah, of... like stomping your feet, kind of walking And down. just like, yeah. there's, there's this feeling of weariness that does kind of echo that past Georgia Smith song mm-hmm. that we had talked about. Um, and I think that's part of what makes it work for me is that one small little detail hmm. in terms of the, the just the bare bones drum placement. Like, are you playing on the beat? Are you early? Are you late? And in this case, as far as I can tell, at least to my ears, it's like a hair late. Right. And that kind of anchors the whole song. Fascinating. That's really cool. And if I'm remembering correctly, the past Georgia Smith song was similar in its, I guess, kind of the way that it unfolded. Sure. I remember making a comment that it was like, it kind of lagged a little bit as you went on in the song. Mm -hmm. You kind of felt like you're being dragged Mm -hmm. along, which is really interesting, like a cool vibe. From this artist. Especially, yeah, especially since it's not a, a, a sentiment you tend to associate with songs in the top 100 pop charts. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Super cool. Okay, I'm going to talk about my last pick this week, not from the Black um, Panther album. It's called No Ready, No Ready by Calvin Harris featuring Party Next Door. Me and the we have to run from my father, girl, them so sweet, so sweet. Don't want me children and thing. Me not ready for all them things so sweet, so Yeah, me not ready for all them things yet so sweet, so Yeah, I'm not ready for all them things yet I'm not ready for all them things yet She call me kid, kid, kid My mama kiss her teeth She say me too, too sweet Say me too, too sweet Don't make me feel like I love you Cause I treat me special Don't make me feel like I love you Baby girl, I'm on saddle Yeah, I dream is up in the bad Last night I woke up And I put about it I thought I would be ready When I seen her When I was underneath her Keep her urge Me and the man, them we have to run from my that was Now Ready, Now Ready by Calvin Harris and Party Next Door. Calvin Harris, obviously fresh off his very successful fifth studio album called Funk Wave Bounces, Volume 1. That was released last year. I was a big fan of it. Tanner, did you? Remember? Yeah, we talked about a couple. We talked about faking it. Um, mm-hmm. Feels was also pretty good. So, yeah, yeah there, there were. I'm, I'm now mostly adjusted to the fact that I like multiple Calvin Harris songs. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad. Personality change. Um, we also have Party Next Door on this track. Um, judging, I'm going to be honest here, a book by its cover, that name made me think of like a boy band. And I was like, man. And I started researching Party Next Door and it totally blew my judging a book by its cover thing. He's actually a Canadian rapper. Mm. He was born to a Jamaican and Trinidadian in Canada, so he's grown up there. His real name is Jaron Brathwaite. He's collaborated with a ton of big names like Rihanna, Drake. He was actually the first artist signed to Drake's um, label, Hmm. which is 
really cool Canadians looking out for one another. Woo. Um, he was one of those artists really on the fringes of stardom for a while. He earned his first, and I'm not sure if it's his only, but I will probably say only, please correct me if I'm wrong, number one on the Billboard charts for work. Rihanna's work, 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 mm. work, work. And that was, I think, number one for nine straight weeks in January starting January 2016. So he was a songwriter on that, and he kind of just this past year burst onto the scene for his singing. I'm going to pass the mic over to Peter Kelly. He has a few thoughts on this song, and I'm going to hold mine for after his little spiel. All right. Well, hello, everybody, and thank you guys for having me on the show. I've been listening to all of your episodes. It makes Mondays much more bearable, so I thank you guys for that. yeah, okay, so this is my first listen to this song, and there's a lot that stands out right away. The first of which was, Caitlin, how you mentioned that um, Party Next Door sounds like sounds like a boy band. I was more so uh, under the impression it was like a Nickelodeon show, mm. or like a Disney kid that became a pop star. Um, so that was just, just that was just from hearing, you know, uh, uh, the title track and then the, uh, the name of the artist. But, so the first thing that stuck out to me was mainly just the name of the track, Now Ready, Now Ready. And, um, and that reminded me, especially once it came in and he, you know, Party Next Door has this, this, this reggae dance hall sound about him. Repeating phrases like that is, a, is, is almost a trope in modern dance hall. So I'm thinking back to an artist called Chronix, where his tagline and all of his songs is Chronix, Chronix. Like mm. he just, re- he repeats his name over and over again. Chronix, Chronix, Crooka Chronix. You know what I mean? So... Uh, the the no ready no ready vibe sort of took me to modern dance hall you know like post 2010 dance hall reggae um, so I thought that was interesting because it, it, you know it's not his voice then slips into this I don't know reggae esque sound but it's not the traditional you know crazy heavy accent throughout the entire song uh, really aggressive backing track it was sort of light um, it was actually for me it was it was interesting because calvin harris doesn't strike me as the type of artist that normally writes a lot of like the deep house kind of tracks Mm -hmm. i i associate him more so with you know great build-ups and then like heavy drops at like you know a huge music festival lights flashing everywhere uh as opposed to this kind of track which is way more mellow Mm -hmm. but but i but i liked it a lot um so that was neat to to hear how he kind of pivoted and i guess I don't know how much of an influence Party Next Door had on his production, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of collaborated on how he wanted the sound to be. So I, I like the song a lot. I thought it was uh, really neat, and yeah. Well, thank you, Peter, for your thoughts. I'm going to add a couple thoughts of my own before tossing it over to Tanner. I've been reading a lot about dub lately, and this song really split kind of in my mind the more Calvin Harrisy futuristic kind of DJ vibe with the synths and the really clean backbeats, I guess. And then kind of blast from the past dub vibes with the choppy vocals and the repeated vocals, like Peter was saying. Uh, the horns, obviously, dun, 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 and the heavy reverb. And the heavy reverb is really only used in certain parts rather than kind of creating this ambient, cushy kind of feel that most kind of 1970s dub does. So I thought it was an interesting mix of 
kind of these two genres that Calvin Harris really has never tackled before. So good for him. It's not super dancey to me, kind of what Peter is saying also. And that's about it. Tanner, do you have any thoughts on this track? Not a ton. I've been kind of all over the place with this. I So before prepping for this podcast, I had heard this song when it first came out a couple of weeks ago. First listen was like, oh man, I really love this. And then the next day I listened to it and was like, why did I love this so much? What <laughs> what am I hearing in this? And I listened to it a couple more times. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if this is doing anything for me. And now sitting here listening to it, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty good. I'm into this. So I'm all over the map. Um, I don't have a ton to say, but I will say, I think I find it dancier than you two do, it sounds like. And I think for me, and this might just be because I'm less familiar with dance hall, um, the, the thing that makes it dancey to me are, uh, Peter, you mentioned Deep House, the keys that are sort of in the mid-range, the doom, 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 like that's mm. a house pattern. And that is what makes me like listen to it. And I'm like, oh, okay. So th- I can still envision this being on a dance floor. And right. even if the uh, the reggae and the dub and the dance hall vibes are not as are not strong enough to take it to the dance floor, like you two were saying, I can't speak to that. But in terms of that, like keyboard line, that's what I latch onto, and that's where I'm like, okay, I know where I'm at. I'm kind of into this. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Thanks yeah, so I'm still making that. up my mind. Yeah, super cool. I definitely hadn't thought about it that way, just because I'm so like deep in reggae right. all the time. Super cool. Well. With that, Tanner, lead us into these U.S. picks. All right, these U.S. picks. So, first one we're going to do, one of the few unique debuts on the U.S. side of things. That being Plug Walk by Rich the Kid. A little bit of background on him before the clip. Up-and-coming rapper from Atlanta. We know a lot of Atlanta rappers, and Rich the Kid has worked with a lot of them, including Migos, Young Thug, um, but also rappers from beyond Atlanta, including Yo Gotti. Rich the Kid has been releasing mixtapes since 2013. Uh, He founded his own label called Rich Forever Music in 2016. And last year, he signed a distribution deal with Interscope. He's 25. Uh, I just turned 26. And I don't have a record label, much less a deal with Interscope. So (laughs) just going to think on that. Um, Last year was his first Hot 100 appearance. uh, The track New Freezer uh, featuring Kendrick Lamar. That peaked at number 53 on the Hot 100 and also peaked at number 27 on the Hot Hip Hop and R&B songs chart. Um, and this, Plug Walk, is a single from Rich the Kid's upcoming album, which is due to come out next month. And Plug Walk is also debuting at number 30 on the Hot Hip Hop and R&B songs chart. Um, and if I if I had to toss the dice, my guess would be that it might climb. Uh, but let's listen to it and figure out why. On the wave like a durag. Gucci on my shoe rack. Woke up in the house till I ran into the plug. Till I ran into the mud. I done ran into some racks. I done ran into your girl. Why the plug show me love? I done came up from a dub. Plug walk. Plug. I don't even understand how my plug talk. Pick him up in the space cool. I don't let my plug walk. Okay, so on one hand, I don't know if there's a ton that's super remarkable about that track, but I think there's a ton that is super effective about that track, if that makes sense. Like, stylistically, there's not a lot new going on. Um, I do appreciate uh, when we were talking about our pick of the week last week, Batsy, Bazi, 
<laughs> the song Mine, we were enthusiastic about the use of space. Yes. And I think this song also has a decent use of space in ways that are kind of worth praising. Um, in terms of the rapping, um, again, that's not super unique. The fact that it's rapping that is not uh, super aggressive and filling up the sound with a ton of uh, words and yeah. complicated rhythms. But I think Rich does enough. I think he has enough variety in his sort of pitches and his dynamics mm -hmm. to where the empty space in his rap works. Yeah. And doesn't feel just sort of like dead air. And sort of on the flip side, I think why that dead space does not come off as actual dead space, why that sort of empty space comes off spacey is because it has what we're going to hear from perhaps Peter a little bit on. Uh, you've got this sort of juxtaposition of, on one hand, these backing synthesizers that have a really soft attack. They're not cutting through the mix very much. And then you have this snare. Mm typical of a lot of trap songs where the snare is like super cutting and it's going to just like cah, right into your ears. Yeah. Um, and again, we've, we've talked about this time and time again, that sort of timbral uh, variety. And I think this is a really good example of that. Um, and speaking of timbres and little synths, uh, Peter, you were saying something. Yeah, I, I, was, I was sitting here and, and the f like immediately as soon as you played the song, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I know that plugin. Sorry, okay, so for the listeners that maybe are not as technical, um, uh, a, a plugin is a particular instrument or uh, you know, a, a virtual modeling of physical analog hardware to be used for music production. Um, so this, the, the one that, I, that jumped out to me, the, the one that I'm thinking this is, is from Native Instruments. And uh, they made this virtual instrument where they sampled a, a kid's like toy piano, mm. you know, like the little rinky dinky met, uh, metallic sounding Bing. pianos. And uh, they layered that with a bunch of ambient sounds um, that they got from different kids' toys. And I, I'm remembering in my mind there was a, uh, there was a, a, a toy train. So the wheels on the train, the wheels on the bus. Um, and uh, that, and there was like a little, you know, like little wind-up ballerina toys. Mm -hmm. So they they mixed those with the kids' piano, and then layered on ton of just ambient reverb. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a lot of the tracks they actually flip the audio so that when you when you trigger the noise, it actually starts from the tail end of the noise and plays it in reverse. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, it's a really it's a really fun plugin to play around with, but uh, that's why it stood out to me so yeah. much. It's 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 because it's so unique and I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I know that sound right away. So little, little bit of nerdy that's info for cool. all of you. Yeah. <laughs> Behind the scenes in the production studio. That's awesome. Caitlin, you have any, uh, any thoughts on the track? I do just a brief one. I really love these vocal phrases and now I'm known as the vocal phrase person, I guess on the podcast, yeah. but it's like borderline mumble rap, right? He's just kind of talking like you would just talk and then he kind of does this a little bit and then comes back down. And it's really, I find it kind of fascinating because as a singer, like I don't really do that mm -hmm. as, I guess it's very round in my ears if I could use a shape yeah. and it's very circular. Yep. And I think the snare hits that you're talking about are even more cutting yep. than in usual trap tracks because of that kind of roundness in the vocal yep. phrasing yep. super cool track can we stake out a claim of being a pro mumble rap podcast is that fair to say <laughs> future throwback transcendent 
<laughs> Less Transcendent, unfortunately, is the other song that I want to talk about. And that debuted both in the U.S. and the U.K. Um, and actually climbed again into the top ten um, with the most recent U.K. charts. But is uh, lower than that over here in the U.S. That is Friends uh, by Marshmello and Anne-Marie. I'm going to really try here. Um, Marshmello, we know Marshmello. He's an EDM mainstay. He wears a thing on his head that looks like a marshmallow. Anne-Marie, pop singer with multiple UK hits, but not as much so here in the US. She's got one, uh, before Friends, she had one gold-selling single that just missed the Hot 100, um, sort of landed at like number three in the bubbling under singles chart. Um, So this is her first Hot 100 appearance, and that's about all the background I think we really need. But before we play it, just keep in mind last week we were talking about how so many of these UK tracks Caitlin uh, played had acoustic guitar intros with those arpeggios going, and this is yet another example of that. You say you love me, I say you crazy, we're nothing more than friends. You're not my lover, more like a brother I know you since we were like ten Yeah, don't mess it up, talking at ears Only gonna push me away, that's it When you said you love me, that made me crazy Here we go again Don't go look at me with that look in your eye You really ain't going nowhere without a fight You can't be reasoned with them, don't be impolite Okay, so in terms of vocal stylings, Anne-Marie clearly sort of in the same vein as BP Rexa, Halsey, sort of young, new pop women um, in terms of vocal phrasing, enunciation. Uh, again, I've, we, I feel like I've used the phrase post-lord about a billion times on this podcast, but that is consistently what comes up in my mind. Okay, so this song, disclaimer up front, I was already primed to kind of dislike this song because when I was going on YouTube... When I first listened, there wasn't the official music video. That's out now. But that's not what I watched. What I watched is the lyric video. And the lyric video contains in all caps the note, Official Friend Zone Anthem. And after seeing that, I was like, okay. Okay. See if I can work with this. Someone's an angry elf. Anne-Marie. I'm the angry elf. (laughs) It's me. I'm the angry elf. (laughs) And I'm also the angry elf because I start watching this lyric video and they have just these really cheesy animations representing Marshmallow and Anne-Marie as if he's trying to like woo her with his Marshmallow head and she's just like, nope, nope, not interested, sassy. And it's just, it's really cheesy and unfortunately it kind of plays off of my previous associations with Marshmallow. Like I'm thinking of that song he did with Selena Gomez, Wolves which I found kind of cheesy and I'm listening to this and I hear not only do we have counting in the song, 
we also have spelling a word in a song and those are two sort of lyrical tropes that i find kind of cheesy in most cases except with fergie's fergalicious fergie can almost do no wrong we're not going to talk about the national anthem (laughs) don't you dare i saw that look don't you dare I, i will defend her okay but I will not defend Marshmallow and Anne-Marie because combining both of those lyrical tropes in this song is really, really cheesy. Um, and I think while the song is super catchy and sticks in your head more than you might want it to, I think that cheesiness just kind of does it in for me. But I don't know if you feel differently. I do feel differently, and that's based on past listening to Anne-Marie in particular. Enlighten me. Yes, of course. I would like, if I may, to play a clip from a song that I absolutely love of hers. It's called Either Way, and it features snake ships. And I think it has more of an R&B vibe, and you'll get a little bit different vocal timbre, less angry elf Anne-Marie. So I definitely want to give you a different side of her. What you say? What you say? What you say? side of Anne-Marie. Again, that was either way. Anne-Marie, Snake Hips. What did you think of that, Tanner? I mean, it's hard to say listening to it through laptop speakers because I'm I'm that that picky production person, but uh, it sounded promising, I'll say. Good. In a way that Friends sounds less than promising. Yeah. I was mentioning uh, <laughs> to Tanner while we were playing that clip that the Selena Gomez track is a really good reference to this Friends track because yeah. it does sound very angry. Like Selena Gomez, when she sings the pre-chorus, it's a lot for her voice, which is nasally, thinner, mm-hmm. just a typical pop voice. Mm-hmm. And it can't handle that kind of, maybe that emotion and the grit that is necessary for those kinds of things. And I think a similar argument could be made for Anne-Marie. Hmm. I like it. I have to sit with that. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Any more thoughts? <laughs> Tanner shook his head again. You can't see this on a podcast. <laughs> All right, everybody. I'm going to introduce our pick of the week, which this week I need to resolve a few thoughts on. I am Georgia Smith. That is our pick of the week. Mm-hmm. I realize that what I my comments that I made before are a Caitlin problem <laughs> and I do need to see this film and Tanner reminded us that these are not all featured right in the film on the film so I need to kind of disassociate my general dislike of Marvel films from the music that's now associated with the film and I'm going to challenge myself to do that and I love, I do love this track, and I love Georgia Smith's voice, and I think in terms of her sad core output thus far, at least in 2018, that I'm going to love her probably as much as I love Lana Del Rey. Yeah. 
And while you're working on that, I'll work on getting over the official friend zone anthem. <laughs> and with that, thanks so much for listening to Chart Chat, your weekly reminder that like Julia Michaels, Caitlin and I have issues. If you'd like to listen to all of this past week's chart debuts, you can find YouTube and Spotify playlists in the show notes. And if you have any questions, feedback, or corrections, you can get in touch with us via email at chartchatcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're interested in following us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at chartchat and on Instagram at chartchat. Also, if you feel uh, generous, if you would like to rate and review us on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or wherever you get your fine audio content, that would be excellent. Uh, we love the feedback, and that also helps us find new listeners uh, that will hopefully send us new emails and correct us on things we get wrong. Chart Chat's intro theme was written by Peter Kelly. Thank you again to Peter for dropping in. Thank you guys for having me. No. I'm, I'm a little sad that we didn't get to do any Babe Rexa today. <sighs> me and Babe. We go way back. <laughs> uh, our cover art was also made by Billy Phillips, and both of these fine fellows are from Coronation Media. Coronation Media is a creative studio specializing in video production, animation, and graphic design. To learn what they can do for your company or organization, visit www.coronationmedia.com. Chart Chat is also a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J.fm. Thanks again for listening to Chart Chat. I'm Tanner Green. And I'm Caitlin Flay. And we'll catch you next Monday. When you know what you got, sacrifice ain't that hard. Feel like depending on me. Sometimes we ain't meant to be free. Thanks again for listening to Chart Chat. I'm Caitlin. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) That's our end of the thing. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Tanner.